We're starting a brand new series today called Fruit by the Foot, okay? Which is why you guys have the candy, but yet maybe that still doesn't make much sense to you. Hopefully it makes sense in a little bit. Uh, now I want to tell you guys this morning about my dad. My dad moved back to the island. I miss him a lot. He moved back, about, he's been over a year now. He's, he's in Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm happy for him. He bought a, a house, a three bedroom house, a beautiful house. He has like two plus acres of land. You know, it's crazy. Anyway, uh, he, he moved back and he started planting stuff. I had no idea, you know, my old man had a green thumb, you know, or really enjoyed it. <laughs> Come to think of it though, like, you know, he owned the dry cleaners for 25 years and he always had plants. He always had plants by the windows. I just never thought about it. This is something he actually enjoys. He used to grow these monstrous aloe vera plants, you know, in the cleaners. And people used to ask him for it, you know, uh, to make stuff, I don't know, to make stuff with it. Uh, anyway, so he went back to the island and he started planting a bunch of stuff. And uh, I got to visit him about two months ago. And it's amazing. He has, I actually wrote everything down. Uh, he has tons of vegetation. He has guava that Melody got to try for the first time when she went over there. We cut it up and she really enjoyed that. Uh, that guava, he's growing avocados, the size of Christian's head, like that big, like huge avocados. Uh, amazing. He's growing bananas, like the little tiny bananas. And he fried up a bunch of it for us. And I mean, it's this big thing of bananas that he's been growing. It's really beautiful. He grows uh, pana. You guys ever had that bread fruit? fruit? So it's not something I'm very, uh, I'm not used to it, but I don't have it very often. He's been growing that. He's been growing guayaba, which they use to make, uh, I didn't know, they, they use that to make instruments out of. They make, uh, 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 not, not, not guayaba, uh, iguera, iguera is what it's called. I'm sorry, I mixed it up. He, he, yeah, exactly. They make the guidos from it. They make maracas out of it. I mean, so uh, his are like huge, like like huge, big igueras that he grows. And it's uh, fascinating because he, uh, he takes them off the tree once it's done. He guts it out and then he makes a bowl out of it. So he served us. He made pastelas. He served them in the, in the fruit and basically the, the, the shell of the fruit. They're huge fruits. They make instrument, instruments out of it. I had no idea. And, uh, and then he told me, I'm really excited about this one. By next year, he's going to have coffee. He plants a coffee. So I'm really excited about that one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, why am I telling you this? Because when, uh, when you plant the seed, right, uh, you plant it in fertile ground, you water it, right, you, you care over it. When you plant the seed, uh, you know, the, you put it in good climate, in, in warm, warm weather, when the rain hits it, when, when that stuff is planted, it begins to bear fruit, right? It begins to bear fruit. I was looking at this while we were worshiping today, and it's interesting. I have no idea what this is. Do you know what this is, Margie, these little things? Yeah, some little, some, eat it? Oh. Well, uh, what is just fascinating that I was looking at this, some right behind you too, behind Hunter here, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It adds like a little bit of color to the greens. And, uh, and it comes off from something being planted. And if something's planted, it grows, it produces fruit. The same thing is true of the Christian. If we're a follower of, of Christ, when the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ is planted in our heart, it begins to take root and it begins to sprout fruit. It produces fruit in the life of the Christian. The seed of the gospel does something uh, to us. Jesus changes us. 
uh, not just on the inside. Of course, we can all agree with that, that, you know, Jesus' work on the cross, the gospel changes us on the inside and that we're forgiven, we're loved, we're cherished, you know, uh, our eternities are secure, we have hope, you know, we have a purpose, we have a calling, all that stuff, you know, we're righteous, all that stuff is on the inside. But the gospel also begins to do work and change us on the outside. It's also demonstrated not just internally, but also externally as well. Jesus changes us, and this is what this series is all about. Fruit by the foot. Uh, fruit by what is produced by the truth of the gospel and by the foot, by how we live it out, by how we walk it out. And as we continue studying Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul compares Galatians, uh, he, he compares in the book of Galatians a difference between a life influenced by the Spirit versus a life that is influenced by the flesh. We spoke about this a little bit last week as well. We spoke about the flesh and the Spirit. We're going to continue to talk about that uh, today. And Paul uses the word walk, walk, a person's walk. You can identify a lot by a person's walk, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, you know uh, people have told me they know it's me by the way I, I walk in the street. I could have a hat, hoodie, mask, and somebody knows it's me. I guess, I, you know, I walk funny or something. You know, people can recognize the way I walk. You know, some people have swag when they walk. They think they got all that when they walk around. And you know who that is. Maybe you walk with a limp, you know, and you can identify, oh, you know, that's this person because he has a limp, you know. Uh, some people waddle, you know, like a, like a penguin or whatever when they walk. You can kind of, you can tell a lot. Some people walk slow. Some people walk fast. Some sway their hands in a funny way when they walk. You can tell uh, who somebody is. You can identify somebody by their walk. In our Christian walk, you can also be identified in certain ways. So the question I want you guys to meditate on is how do you walk and what can others tell about you through your walk? Not, your, not just your stance, not your waddle or your limp or your swag, but by, your, by how you live your life, by the way your spiritual walk. What would people say about you? Paul says walk by the Spirit. I'm going to ask uh, somebody, can somebody read for me Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 16 through 18. Uh, Shannon, maybe do you have it, Shannon? 16 through 18. Let's read those verses right there. Um, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. All right, that's good. Yep, to 18. Verse 18. <laughs> that's perfect. All right. We're going to pick it up right there next week. Pray for your boy. Those are some tough verses right there. So, what does walking by the Spirit means? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Walking by the Spirit means, number one, that we are led by the Spirit. Let's look at that verse that Shannon just read once again, the first verse there, verse 16. Chapter 5, verse 16. It says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? What does walk by the Spirit mean? It means that we are led by the Spirit. This week, I went to the Ridgewood Reservoir. 
How many of you guys been there? Anybody been there at all? Margie's been there. Nobody else? Maybe Judy? It's in Highland Park. Yeah, I've been there with Robbie oh. and Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I've seen pictures of it. I've known about it. I know more or less the area that it was in. I've never been to it myself. And I decided to walk there uh, this week, do a little bit of exercise and just go out and prayer walk and stuff. And uh, and so, you know, I walked. It was a good walk to get there. I didn't drive. I walked. Once I got to Highland Park, I, I like I know it's somewhere around here. But you can't tell off the bat, you know, you got to like go in, you got to look. So I took out my phone and I put Ridgewood Reservoir and I, and I looked and on, on Google Maps, I don't know if you guys know this, it has a compass. It can actually show you which direction, you know, you're, you're walking in. And so all I did was I pull out Google Maps and I said, okay, it's in this direction. And I would walk and I said, okay, I got, it looks like I got to make a left on this trail. And Google Maps has the trail and it has, it shows you the direction, shows you exactly where it is. It directed me and I, and I followed the road, I followed the trails and it led me to my destination. And when I got to my destination, it was this beautiful scenery. It's, it really is gorgeous. You can't, I, I couldn't believe it's in my backyard. You got all these trees and the trees are, are changing color. You know, they're turning yellow and orange. It was beautiful. And then you have this big open water. Uh, and then, and then, uh, to make things you know, even more perfect, there were two swans in the middle of the reservoir. I don't know what they were doing. I've never seen swans in New York City, but they were there. And it was just this beautiful picture. Google Maps helped lead me there. And walking by the Spirit means that we are led by the Spirit. It's like He is our spiritual Google Map. Right? He's our spiritual GPS. He's our spiritual guide. Right? He helps us. He's, the Holy Spirit is our direction. He leads us. And if we're led by the Spirit of God, if we're led by that, then He's going to automatically lead us away from the desires of the flesh. And He's going to lead us towards that which the Spirit longs for. What does the Spirit long for? The Spirit longs for closeness to God. It, it, it desires relationship with God. It desires righteousness. It desires holiness. And if the Holy Spirit is our spiritual GPS, then He's leading us away from the desires of the flesh and closer to the things that are God. What does it mean to, be, to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It means that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And listen, guys, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you put your hope and faith in Jesus Christ, then the promise Jesus gives us is that, he, that the Holy Spirit resides in us already. The Holy Spirit works and lives in and through us. It's with the promise that Jesus gives us. Walking in the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, means that you are attentive to the Spirit's influence. You ask yourself the question, man, what does He want me to do? What is He requiring me of? If he is He speaking? Is he, where is He guiding me? What is He reminding me? Let me listen. Let me wait. Unfortunately, I, I do feel that this is a practice that many Christians don't practice. Because so often we, we want to do things our own way. We want to take matters into our own hands. And we don't take the time to pause and listen to the Holy Spirit. Say, what does the Holy Spirit want? Being led by the Holy Spirit means you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we walk in obedience. You take heedance to the Spirit's promptings. We surrender our will to the desires of God's will. It's what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, take this cup away from me, but not my will, your will be done. It was surrendering His flesh to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Spirit means, number two, that we are at war against the flesh. Look at what Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 says. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires 
what is against the flesh. Read these next six words with me. Ready? Go. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. These are opposed to each other. Have you guys ever played tug of war? You ever played that? Last summer, uh, I was in PS299 and they had this epic tug of war match. It was teachers and students fighting against each other. Man, these teachers turned into kids, you know, uh, watching them play this game and they were tugging their hearts out. They were playing, they were fighting, you know, and, uh, and they were having so much fun just tugging. Tug of wars is two opposing teams on opposite sides of the rope and they're tugging at the rope, trying to get the, the red mark or the red flag, whatever, across the line in order to win. And our walk is like that. Our spiritual walk is like a huge spiritual tug of war. And there's, it's a war between walking in the Spirit and the desires of our flesh. And those are the opposing teams. The desires of our flesh are on one side of the road pulling, and, the, and the, the, our desire to walk by the Spirit is on the opposite side. And even though uh, walking, walking in the Spirit is key, but it doesn't always come easy, does it? I mean, let's be real. It's a difficult, it's a challenge, it's, it's a battle. And you need to understand that you are in a war. And even though our hearts are guided by love, and the spirit, the spirit's desires and his longs to do what is right, the flesh stands in opposition. In fact, even Paul, the great apostle Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament, he, he wrote down these words in one of his letters. He says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? And the things that I want to do, I don't do. Well, Paul was describing this internal turmoil. The Holy Spirit, you know, in one way, look for God, draw close to God, do the things that would please God. And the flesh on the other side, no way, do what you're not supposed to, do things that are unpleasing to God. There's this spiritual war. And if you don't know that you're in a war, you will always lose. If you don't know, we are in a spiritual battle. The fact of the battle teaches us that effort is required to walk in the Spirit. The fact that this is a battle it teaches us that, that you need effort. It doesn't happen effortlessly. Right? It requires an effort to walk in the Spirit. We have to seek it. You have to seek out the Spirit's desire. You have to block and take away the things that are hindering your walk in the Spirit. It's a conscious effort and it doesn't happen by itself. You are in a war against the flesh. It's a battle. It's a fight. It's difficult. It's challenging. But we are to walk by the Spirit. And here's the last thing, number three. Walking by the Spirit means that we have faith in Christ's work and not our own. Look at verse 18. It says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You guys remember, uh, you know, the book of Galatians was written to a group of Christians uh, and Paul was correcting a false teaching that these religious Jews were teaching. And they were saying, you know, all that Jesus stuff is great, but you're missing something. You got to keep the law. And the specific thing that they hinged on was circumcision, which is bad news if you were a guy, right? You had to go through that. And so Paul was correcting this. And this is what the Judaizers said. They said that essentially the antidote to the flesh, the antidote to that war is to keep the law is to keep the law but that's not true the antidote to the flesh is not found in the law it's found in the spirit and here's why the law shows us that we are incapable of keeping the law it's impossible it shows us our flaws 
But the law points us to the one who could and did and died in our place so that we could be made righteous before God. The lawgiver became the law keeper and died for lawbreakers so that we can be forgiven of our law breaking and partake in the blessing and forgiveness of sin, new life, and eternity. And God did that through Jesus. Jesus died in your place and in my place for our sins. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin so that we can become righteousness, so that we can be welcomed into the family of God. And to experience this, all you need to do is not do the works of the law, it's not sacrifice more, is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. Jesus paid the price. Accept God's free gift of grace through Christ. And once you do, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You fulfill the will of God through the inner influence of the Holy Spirit instead of the outer influence of the law of God. How do you fulfill the, the will of God? The Holy Spirit speaking inside of you, living inside of you, producing fruit inside of you. That's how you fulfill the will of God. It's not the stuff that you do on the outside. It's the work that the Holy Spirit is doing on the inside. And it's my prayer for each and every single one of us that we would live our lives fruit by the foot, by the way we walk, that people would see the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the two ends of the tug of war. Paul's going to talk about the pull of the flesh we're going to talk about that next week. And he gives us some examples of the ways that the flesh is at war. And then he's going to talk about what are the fruits of the Spirit. That's how we're going to wrap up our series in week three. We're going to talk about what are the fruits that the Holy Spirit produces. But first we've got to see the desires of the flesh. What are those things? We're going to hash those out next week. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask Hunter to lead us in one more song as we pray. And, uh, and then after he sings this song, we are going to serve communion. Uh, I'll explain a little bit what communion is. And if you desire to partake in communion, you're more than welcome to uh, after this. But would you guys invite me, would you guys join me in, uh, in praying? We're going to pray for these, uh, these things that we may live spirit-led lives. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus' work on the cross, God. And the fulfillment of the law on our behalf. Because we are incapable of keeping the law, Lord. We fall incredibly short. We simply cannot. God, we acknowledge that there's a very real war. The flesh is constantly pulling us in a direction opposite from what your Holy Spirit would desire for our lives. Help us to be aware. Help us to be alert and on guard. And God, I pray that you would make us fighters, God that we would seek out the will of the Spirit, that we would listen to the Holy Spirit when He tells us to take caution, to take heedance, to stop, to obey, that we may war against the desires of the flesh. Lead us in the Spirit, O oh God, and help us listen and obey the Spirit's promptings and influence in our lives, that the Spirit's voice may be louder and clearer than any other voice that speaks into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.